Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to follow, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Google Play, Stitcher. You can stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com. You can also follow the podcast on social media. That would be fantastic. Every one more person that I get on social media, I give myself a check mark on my skin. Somewhere. <laughs> Guess where? Uh, and the podcast, you can find it at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, so far, I have like six check marks, so it is not a big <laughs> deal. like the, the modern calendar man or uh, <laughs> Mr. Zaz. Mr. Zaz. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this podcast comes out every Wednesday. It has all the interviews, reviews, and geek news that is fit to podcast about. Today's episode, there are going to be three new movie reviews. Equalizer 2, Mission Impossible 3, and you would think the next movie would have a 4 in it, but it does not. It is called Blind Spotting. Uh, gonna switch it up a little bit this episode and have the reviews at the beginning of the episode because the rest of the episode is going to be all geek news because of the recent thing, Little Con, that happened called San Diego Comic Con. Never heard of it. Right. So, for those of you who have never heard of the Comic Con, we will talk all about it. Joining me on this week's adventure is the one and only Jed. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Yeah. So Jed uh, saw Equalizer 2 yep. and Mission Impossible 3. Blind spotting. I saw, I looked at my notes. It was, let me go back to it, <laughs> May 7th. It was forever ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah, start off on a good foot. So yeah, I saw it May 7th. Uh, it is in theaters nationwide this Friday. It, re- it was released in select theaters last Friday. So before we get into this crazy episode with a bunch of geek news and three new movie reviews, we'll get into the original theme song created by Damon Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, so right off the bat, we're getting into the review section because we have a lot to cover. Uh, A lot to cover on this episode. So uh, the first movie is Equalizer 2. Yeah. Now, this movie is interesting for a couple different reasons, mainly because in Denzel Washington's illustrious, ridiculous career, (laughs) this is the only sequel he has ever done. No, really? Seriously. Huh. Well, he did one to uh, to glory. It did not go over well, um, <laughs> especially in certain states. What? They, well, that was probably why. You were probably in Florida. And oh, they were like, yeah. nope. nope. They didn't, uh-uh. didn't. We ain't heard that. Yeah. So, yeah, he has never done a huh. sequel to any of his movies before. Oh, that's interesting. So, for some reason, Look he wanted... This. Entertainment he, and educational, John. There you go. We call that edutainment <laughs> in the business. What? I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, Antoine Fuqua directed Equalizer 2. He has worked with Anton Fuqua a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a little movie called Training Day, mm-hmm. which, you know, he got an Oscar for. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they worked on the first Equalizer together. So they obviously have a good chemistry. They work well together. But something about this character, something about this property. Yeah, it was enough to. Was enough for him to be like, okay, let me do a thing that I have never done before in my, what, four decade career at this oh, point? Easily. Like, 
he has i need to make things even more equal <laughs> i need to equalize everything and it, he just is one of the so i want to give a shout out first to jamie fox because he listens oh yeah uh hi jamie please please <laughs> listen to my show jamie fox uh jamie fox has a new show uh mm-hmm. i forget what network it is on i have been watching it on facebook uh gray goose is sponsoring it and he just interviews people mm. he did an awesome interview with denzel washington I was on this past week's episode of theirs and, you know, Jamie was asking him those same type of questions. Like kind of what was it about it? And he was like, I just want to do something different. Hmm. And Jamie asked him a question was like, you don't really do a lot of movies. You're not always in there. And he gave fantastic answers. I'm going to spoil them, but I encourage you people to watch it as well. But he was saying, he was like, you want to give people something to look forward to. Hmm. And then he said, you can drown if you drink too much water or if you drink too much water, you can drown. And it was like, when it comes to movies, we all know actors who we see in everything. And so with him, he was like, I want to select my projects carefully. Sure. So that way people later like, Oh, a new Denzel movie is coming out. Mr. Johnson, if you're listening, which we know both of us know you are, you may want to heed that advice. Yes, Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, uh, do we call you Mr. Rock? Is it the, Mr. The Rock? I, I don't know. Just Mr. Johnson. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, it just, I like that he talked about that because when Denzel does a movie, we pay attention. Sure. Even though last year, I was not a huge fan of Roman J. Norman J. Israel Esquire because I, I felt it was pretty safe, mm-hmm. but he was great in it. Like, even when he plays it safe, he is still great. I cannot think of a bad Denzel performance. Fair. Some of his movies, you know, might not be the best, but I I, I cannot think of a bad Denzel performance. So, with Equalizer 2, uh, this takes place a couple years after the first Equalizer, Mm -hmm. after he'd equalized everybody. Uh, Things needed equalizing again. (laughs) Things needed equalized again. Pretty much the entire plot is, is in the trailer. Mm. and almost all of the action set pieces. And that was something that I was a little bit disappointed of. This was being billed as the biggest action blockbuster of the summer. Right. There were four action set pieces. It starts off with a great one, Mm -hmm. uh, and it has a UFC fighter. And one of two UFC (laughs) fighters, uh, Andre Arlovsky, was in the train car sequence right? uh, with his busted up nose. Uh, And then later in the film, Jay the Thoroughbred Heron was in it. you know, so it starts off with an action set pieces set piece, and then just becomes a drama. Yeah, it's very slow paced. I think with a lot of the yeah. modern action movies, for good example, Mission Impossible, which we just both saw. Um, but with all the Jason Bourne movies out, mm-hmm. you know, it was methodical in its kind of pacing, which it seemed both kind of it helped the movie a little bit because you got a little bit more of the sense of the character. I felt like, mm-hmm. um, but it did kind of give it a little bit of a dated feel. It was, yeah, like this was. The epitome of a slow burn action comedy yeah. or action comedy, <laughs> action thriller <laughs> action is because comedy. when when it is building on things, when it is building the characters, like it just keeps layering and layering and you're kind of waiting for that next action set piece because the trailer leads you to believe that it is going to be an all out action movie. Sure. It is not. Right. Uh, the the fight choreography was was great. It had a, a um, great, uh, heavy brutalness to it, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah, and that was something that the first one had as well. Like, mm-hmm. I am, and I said this or in Training Day, is you know, yeah, Training Day as well. Like, I'm a hundred percent on board for Denzel, the action hero. Mm. Like, he has been the action hero for about two decades now, 
But in the middle of it, he does things like fences. You mm-hmm. know, he does things like Roman J. Israel Esquire to kind of remind people like, hey, guess what? I'm still one of the best actors on the planet. I can also throw some hands. Right. It's, it, the, he gives a certain methodicalness to all the action, too. Like, mm-hmm. every punch is calculated. There's not a lot of, like, I'm going to fling my arms around and do this and then this kung yeah. fu move. It's just like, no, he's just going to grab a guy and just pound e- his efficient. head. In. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it very much is kind of that Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee philosophy is like, I want to narrow my fighting style down to the bare minimum of what I need to incapacitate anybody with anything. He slices up two dudes with a credit card. Right. In one of the action scenes, and I was like, sold, done. It plays to his age, his age a little bit, and yeah. the character being a retired uh, CIA agent. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's playing to that kind of strength. Of like, no, this guy doesn't want to waste a lot of moves. He's going to go in and di- disable these people as fast as possible. Yeah, and it just it it makes sense mm-hmm. for that character to do this. It picks up a couple years after the first one, where yeah, he. I mean, I guess spoiler alert for the first one. Uh, everyone thinks that he is dead. His his former. Friends and partners in his unit all thought he was dead because the building blew up. Uh, only a couple people, actually only one person really, uh, his former boss, knows that he is alive. So things things happen with her. That, that kind of gets him back in the game to start exposing people yeah. and, and things that are happening. And he was like, okay, if they went after her and they went after this other guy that I know, hmm. pretty sure they're coming after me. So all of that is happening with also like three different storylines woven into it. Yeah. <laughs> there is the young boy uh, played by, I think, Ashton Sanders uh, is his name. Let me pull that up from Moonlight. Uh, let me pull it up to make sure. I think it is Ashton Sanders. He's a, a neighbor of Denzel's character. Yes, Ashton Sanders. Mm-hmm. Also a painter, a young kind of he's the inner city, you know, struggling with both the kind of the crime of within the inner city, but also this kind of aspiration of being an artist mm-hmm. and how, you know, Denzel's character is looking out for him a little bit, working with him a little bit, kind of a tough love situation going on. For sure. Yeah. So there, there's that, there is this old man that he has this bond with that has Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Holocaust survivor with one of the biggest emotional moments. Mm-hmm. I would say unexpected emotional moments that I've had in a movie in a long time happened in Equalizer 2. <laughs> like just out of nowhere in this action movie, there's a moment towards the end where the whole theater just went silent. So that kind of blew me away. So you have this action movie with all of these things kind of woven in, in a oddly delicate balance. Yeah, I think that for me was kind of the weakest part was that you lost a little bit of kind of the main thread, like Mm -hmm. the main plot of, you know, okay, these people are coming to kill these people, but why? And they have kind of like a crime scene thing. There's a lot of these moments where he kind of uh, calculates what's going to happen ahead of time. Very like people who have seen Sherlock. Sure. You know, the movie Sherlock, where he was like, you know, punch the thorax. I do this, this, you know, and he's going to turn to the left. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is in here. But it, just, it felt more grounded than in well, Sherlock almost because with him, it was like he was processing it kind of where, which again, if you have learned martial arts, if you're, there's a part of your brain that starts to do that after a while. Sure. And it was shot in that kind of training day flashing kind of a, a hypersaturated color montage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have all these kind of crime scene moments of him trying to figure this, this, uh, this, uh, conspiracy out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
you lose a little bit because it's he, he has all these pauses where he talks to this Holocaust survivor, he talks to yeah. his neighbor, and you, you don't. It kind of ties together, but then you lose like that main thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the impetus behind it. Yeah, so th- I definitely agree. Like it, it was kind of weird that there were so many different plot lines that yeah. they got resolved. All of them got resolved, but just did we need all of them? Right. So uh, it also stars Pedro Pascal. Uh, who was who was solid in this? Uh, yeah, Ashton Sanders that I mentioned. Uh, Bill Pullman is in this briefly, <laughs> uh, which is just kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, overall with this film, so I loved the action. It it was solid action. Not as much as it. If you're going into this movie, watching the trailers, being like, I cannot wait to see the action movie this summer. You might be a little bit disappointed because when the action happens, it is great. Mm-hmm. But there just might not be as much of it as you are led to believe. I still think it's a well done action movie, and yeah. it it in doing that kind of methodical pace, it loses the frenetic nature of like a Bourne movie. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have that kind of almost nauseating, super fast. Oh my god! Boom! 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 Yeah. Boom! You get to kind of appreciate the violence a little more, which it sounds like a weird thing to say. Yeah. No. But because each set piece, each action piece, is this kind of standalone moment. Like the the credit card scene, for instance, mm-hmm. it's kind of bookended by very quiet moments. These the 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 ferocity and the intensity of the action kind of sticks out more. Yeah, I mean, and there is like the the culmination, the final battle, mm-hmm. if you were in the end, to me was one of the weakest because it was the most CGI heavy. Yeah, it is in the middle of a hurricane. It is you know mano a mano. The camera is floating 10 feet above them and swirling around after all of this like ground level hand-to-hand stuff that fight scene yeah was just kind of the weakest the stuff that led up to it Mm -hmm. was great like all of the action that led to that final battle was really solid and i love his macgyverisms that he uses quite a few times but yeah the final battle was just it was all right yeah and it lost a little bit of a little bit because there's so much going on. You yeah. The wind, the water, all this stuff from the hurricane and he's darting in out of doorways and people are shooting and it's like, okay, wait, who got, just got shot at mm-hmm. and who didn't, it's all kind of a little dark, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. that, but that aside, mm-hmm. uh, the rating system for this podcast, there are three choices, <laughs> no stars, no letter grades, three choices, good, bad, or ugly. A good film is something you would recommend to your friend. A bad film is something you did not necessarily hate, but it was not something you came out of the movie theater super excited about. Ugly, avoid at all costs. Very simple rating system. Uh, I like it. I love it because I came up with it. Nobody <laughs> else had ever thought of putting good, bad, and ugly together except for me. Congratulations, me. I just gave myself another check mark <laughs> on my body. Uh, so for the Equalizer 2, uh, again, the first sequel that Denzel Washington has ever done, uh, I think the last because i cannot think of any other property that fences too <laughs> right still fencing no no because he died um yeah, yeah that, that would be, it would be a romero version oh wait he is dead too retirement day the sequel to training day oh there you go yeah. uh so what do you give equalizer 2 i would give it a good um as fan of action movies it was nice to see a little bit of a break between uh uh the the go 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 of the Bourne movies, a lot mm-hmm. of the modern day action movies, Mission Impossible, we'll probably talk about here in a couple of seconds. Um, 
and to have a little bit something that was a little bit more cerebral, uh, I appreciated. I enjoyed, and of course, the the strength of the acting involved right. of Denzel and then um, the actor's name Ashton Sanders. Thank you very much. You know, has some really great moments of kind of like this pseudo father son bonding, tough love mm-hmm. uh, intensity, which I thought was really well done. Yeah, and Melissa Leo uh, is his boss. She was also solid in this. So yeah, I give this a good uh, as well. Even though yeah, it was the slowest of slow burn action movies, and you it, you kind of had to earn those action set pieces. Mm-hmm. That being said, you see almost every single action set piece in the trailer, so it takes away from it a little bit. But yeah, still a solid movie. You gotta do what I could do, John, and try not to try not to. I watch the teaser, and then that's it. It is my job. <laughs> like I watch so many trailers, but yes, I I do try to. Yeah, no, I do not. Sometimes I will try and avoid like the longer featurettes. Oh yeah, if it is a movie that I know I'm going to see. Fair. Sometimes, not really. Uh, but yeah. So moving right along to Mission Impossible Six, <laughs> Fallout, <laughs> Fallout, the newest uh, game. I said Mission Impossible Bethesda. Three for some reason in my notes, but no, this is Mission Impossible Six. Yes, Wait, it... it's the third of the second trilogy. <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah. 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 Because it was one, two, three, then then they started getting names. Ghost Protocol. So Ghost Protocol, Rogue, Rogue Nation. Nation, now Fallout. Yep. Because that Mission Impossible 2 did not have a subtitle. Mission Impossible 3 with Philip Seymour Hoffman, I do not think had a subtitle. I don't think so either. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So go ahead and set up Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. So it's the, uh, the sixth time we've got Tom Cruise back as uh ethan hunt mm-hmm. uh we've got directed by christopher mccrory uh who has worked with tom cruise a ton of times yep. we're looking back through his imdb and it's like oh well that valkyrie mm-hmm. uh usual suspects though going real back into like the the heist movie kind of thing that was a, one of yeah. the ones he wrote but of the four that he has directed tom cruise has been in three of them <laughs> right yeah, yeah. F- find your muse man to- like- I, yeah scientology bros is my I guess do, I, yeah. um <laughs> but you've got the kind of ving rames and simon Pegg coming back to the franchise um kind of uh what's her name oh, rebecca ferguson uh as uh ilsa ilsa coming back mm-hmm. again in this movie and you also have a couple new faces uh henry cavell cavill sorry cavill <laughs> superman's gonna beat me up mm-hmm. yeah and then uh uh john harris who is i guess he was in rogue nation Yes. But it is also in this Fallout. Um, it's a Mission Impossible movie. There's a worldwide threat. Of course. <laughs> that the uh, IMF must band together with their unique... International brand. mother... What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, unique blend of tech and uh, spy thriller, you mm-hmm. know, uh, know-how to, to, to solve the world crisis and save the day in the end, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> it's a Mission Impossible movie. Uh, basically, there's a secret organization that has stolen three nukes, essentially, mm-hmm. and they're going to use them somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's up to Ethan Hunt and his team to find them, stop them. There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of trading hostages back and forth and yeah. clandestine meetings. Uh, rubber masks are back in. Yes. Which, you know, I love those. <laughs> so I love the rubber masks. I love that. So even Henry Cavill's character in the movie, oh, yeah. you know, because... You know, he is portrayed as kind of the he's, he is the hammer to Ethan Hunt's scalpel. Right, he's the uh, CIA operative that is mm-hmm. kind of foisted on the IMF team of like by the CIA, going, "No, you guys, you need a babysitter, basically." Right, who will not stop at anything to complete the mission, whereas Ethan Hunt still has his morals. He still has you know certain things he will and will not do. Henry Cavill does not have those barriers and will do anything and everything 
for the success of the mission. He also has the best mustache of all time. And I also wonder, it's like, <laughs> looking at that mustache, it's like, what's all that CGI and headache for uh, yeah, was it, I uh, mean, Batman Superman of, worth it? All of it was a pissing contest between these two studios. That was it. It has to be. Because it's like, really? You're not going to shave that? That's what you're going to go with? Secret <laughs> CIA agent with the, the, the most like cop mustache of yeah. all cop mustaches? <laughs> and again... I won't say most guys because everybody is different and a beautiful and unique snowflake. (laughs) Certain men can grow facial hair rather quickly. What's up? Right? Same. So it is like, yeah, was it worth it? Like, can you really just, I mean, it was just, and you know, Cavill was just in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Like, that was like your parents fighting and you're just sitting there. I could shave. No, don't you dare. (laughs) And once you're just like, just just shave and but they said i they said i cannot shave you never shave your so just it was ridiculous it's a ridiculous mustache yeah and like and it does not really matter that no. much like, well, at a, all to me it actually took me out a little bit because there's a scene in like this kind of uh underground rave party which of course right, of there's course. an underground rave party in paris sure held mm-hmm. by you know this top secret you know weapons dealer and it's like <laughs> right. yeah we've got this crowd of 500 people 1500 well, they, people they have a crowd of like 20 something year olds and then you walk into another room and it's all like 50 year old people who are arms dealers so it's right. like that is your cover as right. a bunch of 20 year olds at a rave sure okay yeah, went, yeah so you have uh, henry cavill walking through it with like full suit buttoned up all the way tie on <laughs> holding a briefcase with this ridiculous mustache and it's like mm-hmm. he blends in good <laughs> job guys <laughs> totally not a narc yeah no nope. one will suspect a thing <laughs> at least ethan hunt like he never wears a tie it's true it's a little like, button and again like this this was in paris so like sure. you you know if you go to clubs in europe stuff you see people in suits like it yeah, but Henry Cavill just no blending in. He's also like six eight or something. Damn. You know, next to Tom Cruise, of course. It's <laughs> that was, and they did a good job mm-hmm. of angles because they have oh, to yeah. because Tom Cruise is a producer on these movies. There are a couple shots when they're standing face to face, and you see the kn- apple crate. <laughs> man, you know that that camera guy is like on his knees, <laughs> like pointing up, like trying to get just the right angle because if they stand next to each other. I think Henry Cavill is like 6'5", you know, something like that. Oh, he's got to be up there. Tom Cruise, and that is a big thing that people always make fun of. Tom Cruise is Hollywood short. He is not short short. He is Hollywood short. Right. Leading man short. Right. So he is usually listed at like 5'9", not a chance in the world. That is like when they list Russell Wilson at 5'9". You're like, uh, no, homie, you are 5'7", maybe. <laughs> so Tom Cruise, yeah, like 5'6", mm-hmm. 5'7", we will say. Sure. Uh, he always wears lifts, so who knows? Henry Cavill flat-footed at like six five. It just and they go toe to toe a couple times. I, I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it just yeah, it, it is tough. But oh. ang- angles are their friends. Oh, totally. In this film, <laughs> well, it's also a uh, 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 Isla's a character, Rebecca Ferguson, who's mm-hmm. also uh, uh, Swedish. No, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, she, you know, she's probably has a little bit of height there too. Five nine, couple, five right. ten, yeah. <laughs> Um, but speaking of the fight scenes, mm-hmm. I think that was another thing that this movie actually did really well. Yeah. The, the fluidity of the fight scenes. It wasn't as graphic as uh, um, Equalizer 2. Definitely. Yeah, that is the other thing is it kind the, of, the fight scenes in Equalizer 2 are brutal. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible kind of does its best that like bad stuff happens, but it's it's just out of frame. But, yeah, the, but the, the fluidity of the how it's shot and the choreography, I feel like we're almost in this kind of weird 
small renaissance of fight choreography mm-hmm. after like the dark times of the early 2000s of like Catwoman. Of, like, well, the... I think everybody wanted to be Matrix yeah. for a long time. And then the Bourne movies came out, Casino Royale, where it was much more grounded. Yeah. Well, with Bourne, though, it's just it's so heavy on the cuts. It's like I think True. they grabbed a you know, magazine, rolled it up. But I think he did something with it. Oh, wow, he's doing something with it. Mm-hmm. These you, they just... John Wick. There you go. Perfect. I would say I would, the John John Wick has now kind of we're now at that level where everything is trying to be that uh, Atomic Blonde. Granted, it was directed by the same guy who did John Wick, mm-hmm. but that same type of action where it is kinetic mm-hmm. and and fluid, like you said, is a great way to put it. Yeah, and the camera's swinging around it. Mm-hmm. As a former fight choreographer, like I love the fight scenes in a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. There were some like when in the different styles. So like you mm-hmm. have Ethan Hunt using a lot of angles, using you know body weight stuff. Henry Cavill is the hammer. Like, and you see him, like, he is just, he is not doing jujitsu. He is not doing any judo throws. Like, he's a straight up boxer. Just hossing. Like, that was great because you see him in this bathroom fight scene. The bathroom brawl was fantastic. Where he's just, like, bobbing and weaving, just liver shots. Like, all it was was just power punches. Ethan Hunt is much more finesse. Mm -hmm. You know, how about I use something here and there? No. And then you even have like with Rebecca Ferguson coming in at a later fight scene mm-hmm. with a lot more using her body, using her legs, getting kind of an yeah. upper hand. Which was kind of weird to me because whenever I see people use jujitsu in movies mm-hmm. that you could easily get out of in like yeah. a second, it is kind of weird. But yeah, she, I mean, the different fight styles for every character who gets into a fight mm-hmm. was, was really well done. I was, I was legitimately impressed with that. Same. Uh, he does go running before the movie started. Spoilers. <laughs> before the movie starts, <laughs> Jed turns to me and he goes, over, under, three running sequences. I was like, please, way <laughs> over. So I counted a minimum of five. I I think that's easily, I mean, if you only count running and not car running, oh, motorcycle yeah, running, no. boat running, mm-hmm. and just pure running, I think five is easy, easily a good number. And he, Tom Cruise, I said it on social media. I will say it <laughs> until the cows come home. He listens to this podcast. Oh, of course he does. Uh, Zenu pumps it right into the center. Uh, Uh Tom Cruise is the greatest action hero of our generation. Oh. Name somebody better. Name somebody better and more consistent. Oh, that's a tough one. Because, like, and again, I'm saying our generation is in not the diehards, Mm -hmm. not the Rockies. Mm -hmm. Like, because when he became an action star, it was because Top Gun, he was on an action star. He was a fighter pilot. So I'm talking right around, I would say, uh, not far and away. Because, I mean, he he is a boxer. But, okay, even if we started with that. Yeah. It was like mid-90s to now. Mm-hmm. Name somebody's resume that is better and as consistent. I, I cannot think of anybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my mind goes immediately to, like, Harrison Ford in his prime. But I think that'd be a little bit. Uh, no, because, I mean, even that, like. Our generation. Because the last Indian, well, not counting Crystal Skull. What, what Crystal Skull? Is exactly. That, there's a, not there's counting, only three Indiana Jones movies. Not counting that, the third Indiana Jones movie was 91? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's probably, so, I guess, yeah, it's not really quote, quote. Yeah. Our, uh, yeah, this generation. So, yeah. he just, he is the best. He makes it look real because guess what? He is doing 95% of it, like to the point where the insurance companies, they had to redo parts of the insurance writer mm-hmm. where they were like, fine, Tom Cruise, you're a producer in this movie. We know you want to commit suicide on one of these yeah, movies. Yeah, I think it's this elaborate ploy. Right. And so they're like, just do everything else. We will save the most dangerous stuff to the very end, <laughs> which is smart. 
Because it, well, he hurt himself. Uh, yeah, he broke his ankle. Right. Like jumping from building to building, and then they took off like six weeks or like a couple months of mm-hmm. filming because he was like, uh, "I can't walk," <laughs> and it is kind of my thing. <laughs> so the insurance writers they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're pushing it out, <laughs> but with this film in the now the sixth Mission yeah. Impossible, this is a franchise that is rare in that. I want to say maybe keeps getting better, mm-hmm. but it keeps staying consistent. Yeah. Like Mission Impossible 3 was maybe one that just did not really. It was weaker, but you had Philip Seymour Hoffman right. as a great villain. I'm going to hurt her. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have you watch. Like it was just. That, you're, that's that, that was my Philip Seymour Hoffman, everybody. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the podcast award is in the mail. Chameleon. <laughs> right. And gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, like they, they have stayed consistent. Mm hmm. And upping the stakes, mm-hmm. which with, <laughs> I just do not know. Without I, getting too, like, every movie, it's like, oh, God, the world's going to blow up, mm-hmm. and, and then we solve it. And then next movie, oh, God, the right. world's going to blow up. If they get this one thing, we got to keep it from them. We got to go get it back. Mm-hmm. You know? It's almost the same the problem. MacGuffin. Yeah, it's always the same problem. Yeah. Which, but I'm okay with that if it's it consistent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the thing. If this had been billed as the biggest action blockbuster of the summer... Done. Sold. Write the check. Yeah. Like, this just... Because all of the action made sense, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, in this world. Oh, totally. Like, in this hyper-reality of spies having, you know, literal seconds to defuse the MacGuffin before the thing happens (laughs) and whatever... In that reality, that was elegant, John, getting away those around those spoilers, <laughs> right? <laughs> or are they like the the French police following uh, Ethan Hunt through like miles and miles of right. crowded Paris streets? And how does it always happen? Where okay, I understand studying for a mission. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have the complete layout of the city in your head at all times. Mm-hmm. You are taking five hundred different detours. You just happen to end up at the exact place you need to. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, that being said, the motorcycle chase scenes the car chase scenes going through paris going through all these things like this it is just it is literally stunning like you're sitting there just watching it just enthralled and then they top it off at the end which is in the trailers is with the helicopter chase scene oh my gosh yeah Uh, and that is just i am not a big fan of heights and stuff and there's Mm -hmm. a couple moments with like (laughs) yeah you can feel the like tension Mm -hmm. it was well done yeah, very well done. And we talked about that helicopter scene on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter, learned how to operate the cameras, and was part of the aerial choreography <laughs> of that whole scene. And it was like, d- like, what? I mean, helicopters stay up by magic. Right, of course. It's proven. Um, one of my friends, so Patrick Sabungi, he is on CW's Flash as Captain Singh. Last time I was hanging out with him in Vancouver when I was up there, uh, we were just talking because he used to be like he started his career as a stuntman. Mm-hmm. So he has worked with Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone, all of these like luminaries. And he was like, I'll tell you a funny Tom Cruise story. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're at some big event. And the stunt is they were going to take a car off a ramp, fly it a couple feet in the air and then crash through some boxes when it landed and then do like a J turn. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cruise was like they were the one like he was the one that was supposed to be doing that are gearing up towards this thing and it's getting closer he rolls up like 10 minutes before this event happens goes to the stunt coordinators and everybody and he was like hey what do we need to do and they're like okay uh you know do you have time to practice and he was like just what do we need to do he was like hey you drive up here go up here crash through this do a j turn he was like 
all right, cool. Did it in one. Like, just gets in the car, like, rolls up to the the event 10 minutes beforehand, gets in the car, jumps it off a ramp, crashes the boxes, J-turn. That Xenu magic, man. <laughs> like, like, the guy is legit. We talk about it all the time. Like, Keanu Reeves yeah. as John Wick, like, he has, since the Matrix, mm-hmm. he has actually been a student of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. Not just the martial arts, but tactile, tactile gunfighting, like, tactical gunfighting. Like, he is legit. So, yeah, Tom Cruise, man, I... Man's insane. He crushes it. Uh, trying to think what else I wrote down. The villain, mm-hmm. uh, played by Sean Harris, uh, Solomon Lane. So this villain makes sense. And a lot of these spy thrillers and capers, you these kind of two-dimensional villains that are like, oh, I will tell you my whole plan because you will never escape. Oh, you escaped. <laughs> With him, he is like, here's what is going to happen. Good luck. Mm-hmm. And he just stands like in one one part, like when he actually sees things happening around him that could foil his plan, he just stands there. He was like, "Okay." Well, they did great because it's like Tom Cruise's character cares so much. Ethan Hunt cares so much. He's trying mm-hmm. to solve all these problems, and the villain's like, "Yeah, my whole point is like things are gonna fall apart. So even if my plan falls apart, things are still gonna fall apart." Yeah. So yeah. and that I like that because it was believable. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. What else? What else do you have about this? It, it, yeah. The, the one thing would be like they get a they get into the kind of um they did this with a Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Was it Quantum of Solace? Which one of the new uh Bond movies? Uh, with the uh, uh where it's like the plan was so it looked like it was this kind of uh by the skin of his teeth plot plot by the villain, but it all worked out and the train came in and crashed in the oh, station right, at right. the right time. You know, he was standing 20 feet to the left. He'd been dead, but he was like perfectly, everything was all planned out. And they fell into that little bit trap, even yeah. with this kind of like, ah, everything works out. You know, if, if things happen, it happens, you know, that was put on, but it's a little bit of like, yeah, if, the, if, you know, if this happened at any point, if Tom Cruise's character, like, ate it on the bicycle chase through Paris, which Done. could have easily at any point. Mm-hmm. The movie would have been drastically different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that like uh, action movie luck of like. Of course. Yeah. But it is it is acceptable when you ground yourself in this movie's reality. Sure. So uh, Rebecca Ferguson looks like a cat. <laughs> is that a note you have? Uh, yeah. I know. I literally wrote that down. Uh, she reminds me of the anime. There's an anime called Hunter x Hunter, and there's a character called P2 in Where that. Where are you going, John? I cannot follow. And she, she has a, a mutant cat humanoid. Uh, she looks like that. And like she, there's something, and I say that, she is a very striking woman. Mm-hmm. Like when she is on set, like on screen, like you're just kind of like captivated by her face. I just kept, it is a very feline-esque face, <laughs> I guess. Um, did, am I not the only, am I the only one who sees people's animals? <laughs> Is that weird? Somebody, okay, reach out to me on Twitter, my dear <laughs> listeners who live tweet me almost every episode. I cannot be the only one who, when you see certain people, you that's see fair. an animal. That's fair. I, I'm making fun of you, but that that's fair. Okay. You're crazy, Thank but you. that's fair. Whatever. Uh, okay, so for the official rating system for Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, absolutely, I give this a good. Yeah. Uh, this is a fantastic, this is what you want out of an action movie. It just, it starts and it just goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is the you know we talked about the kinetic energy of Equalizer. With this one, it has a weight to it that you do not find in a lot of action movies. Like when helicopters are going around, when people are getting thrown through walls, like it has this visceral like punch in the gut 
sound design yeah, and everything that we're just, say. it makes it feel real. I always go back to the the complete opposite example. There are two of them that come to mind. Black Panther with the rhinos mm, mm-hmm. never felt real. Mm-hmm. Like you have these giant rhinos with armor on. Well, it didn't help that they showed up of like rhinos just came over a hill. It's yeah. Like, and eh. it's like, they just never felt real. And then the recent Hobbit trilogy oh, yeah. movies, they're literally crashing through a mine and just bouncing off each other. They land at the bottom and an uh, ogre. Goblin. No, it lands on top of them. It was on a goblin. Goblins are small. Goblin King. What? John. So, so, yeah, lands on top of them. But it just like, it It never, it was just like. I know the it, stat block for that creature. <laughs> right. <John. laughs> like, does it weigh five pounds? Like, it just never felt yeah, real. Yeah, totally. In Mission Impossible Fallout, everything felt heavy. It felt grounded. Mm-hmm. So that was just, that was super impressive. What about you? I, I agree. I think it was a very good movie. I'd give it a good. Um, it was the quintessential popcorn mm-hmm. action movie. You're going to sit there in a cool theater, chug a, bo- uh, chug a thing of popcorn. It's like chug a bottle of popcorn. Chug a bottle of popcorn. <laughs> what theaters are you just going taking to? Taking a thing of popcorn and just go all, all the way down. Although I am waiting for that. Every <laughs> like I, I'm in the theater multiple times a week sometimes. And the small keeps getting larger, and I'm like, eventually they're just going to give you a rope and a slot bucket <laughs> that you just dunk your head into, put it over your mouth, and I'm <laughs> like nom, a nom. feed bag for horses. <laughs> like it, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, I, it was a really fun movie. The only qualm I have would be because they brought in the Henry Cavill character. You lose a little bit of the Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames true uh, interaction with Ethan, which I love the kind of teamwork aspect mm-hmm. from the previous movies. You lose a little bit of that. It's still there. That's my only like minor quibble. Other than that. Good, fun, like, action movie. Nice. Totally worth it. So, two goods for us, which I'm writing down this time because I was I got confused last time. Uh, so, the next movie is, again, a movie that I saw on May 7th, <laughs> way back on May 7th during the Seattle International Film Festival. Uh, the film is called Blind Spotting, uh, directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada, who, spoiler alert, uh, I was able to interview him during the Seattle International Film Festival, and that interview will be dropping this Friday. So we talked about this film, and this is kind of his major directorial debut. He has done a lot of shorts, done some TV shows, but for a feature film, this was this was his big movie. So it stars uh, Raphael Cassel, Castle, I always forget with that one, and David Diggs, David Diggs, who kind of got some notoriety from uh, that little uh, play that people kind of want to see Hamilton um never heard of it right I know <laughs> especially not being in, in not being a theater kid yeah, definitely something my wife has not listened to <laughs> for the last two weeks straight yeah nonstop. yeah <laughs> so David Diggs uh yeah stars in this he has three days left of his probation mm-hmm. so he has 72 hours I'm sure everything goes fine nothing <laughs> to go wrong and he and he will be fine. Uh, it is a like a two year prob or a, I think it is a one year probation, and he has these three days left. Uh, takes place in Oakland. We talk about grounded movies and these hyper realities of Mission Impossible and Equalizer. This one I talk about a grounded story in Oakland is one of the most grounded, true, raw, and authentic portrayals of a city. Mm. So that was just really great. The official synopsis is lifelong friends David Diggs and Raphael Cassell co-wrote and star in this timely and wildly entertaining story about the intersection of race and class set against the backdrop of a rapidly gentrifying Oakland. So 
the fact that these two have known each other and grew up together in Oakland co-wrote this film because they were like, these are the stories that are important to us. Nobody can tell your story better than you. So getting the two of them writing this, that was another reason why I just said it felt real. So the basic setup mm-hmm. for this movie, and this movie goes a lot of different places. Uh, the basic setup is, yeah, he has these three days left. He witnesses something illegal okay. that a cop does. And he is forced to kind of deal with those repercussions throughout these three days mm. and trying to, and just like fighting that, like, do I say something? And if I say something, what will happen to me? What will happen to the cop? What will happen to the people? And like, it just goes on and on. And it is just a cycle of intensity that was palpable. Like this movie, I, I was, you know, not even joking, like gripping my chair during parts of this. And my stomach was tight. Like, this is one of the most intense and visceral films insert in, in these moments where when it is on a moment, when things are happening and you know, like the whole time that something could go horribly wrong for this guy who just like, he has 72 hours left. And the whole time you're just like counting down with him, just like, just please just 10 more hours, five more, just, ugh. Mm-hmm. and so there are so many times when like a simple thing of being at a red light becomes one of the most intense focal points that you see in the movie. And I talked to the director about that in our conversation, which you can hear this Friday and just how direct he wanted to make those moments. All of that intensity aside, this movie is hilarious. Like the interplay between these two characters, uh, David and Raphael, like they are hilarious together. Raphael. I mean, yeah, he, you know, is a white kid who also grew up in Oakland. So when people kind of view him as a poser, view him as that, he was like, no, you guys moved into our neighborhood. (laughs) Like I grew up here. This is authentic. What you guys are doing is not. Hmm. So along with uh, the two of them, uh, you have uh, Janina Gavin Carr. You have Jasmine Cephas Jones, Ethan Embry, Tisha Campbell Martin, uh, a whole bunch of people in this film that, again, just is all about personal interactions. Everything. And I, oh, I'm forgetting somebody that Tim would murder me if uh, if I forgot. <laughs> oh, never mind. I, I said her name. Just kidding. <laughs> I got worried for a second. I was like, oh, no. Tim's listening to this. He picks up a sword. <laughs> right. Puts it no, back if I had mentioned If I had not mentioned Janina. I don't yeah. know why Tim has a sword. Oh, I'm sure. In this room, we I think in the studio, we have swords somewhere. Oh, there's one right there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> you want to come into my studio, start some stuff. Uh, but anyway, so like this movie, legitimately hilarious. Uh, the lighting choices, which oh. I know you are a big fan what? of. This has some of the most inspired lighting choices. Hmm. Uh, there was one scene where they it takes place in the just like huge Impala, and he has a bunch of like interior lighting with this like really cool blues. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately step out into... They go to a, what is it? A quick way. Mm. Like just this burger shop. And like you have these bright yellows and oranges. The whole color palette and set and like lighting design of the movie was just impressive. Like I said, that red light that David's character. That's uh, harder to do with a smaller movie too. Yeah. Uh, David's character, Colin. Like he, again, like I, I cannot really stress it enough. Like he is just sitting at a red light. And for that 30 seconds, like 
it just it grinds at you and you just you want him to go just just be safe for the 72 hours of course hilarity ensues during these 72 <laughs> hours and he has to just come to some tough realizations and face some things and some truths about himself and about his best friend and their relationship so super intense movie uh there's a scene where he is running through multiple scenes where he's running through a cemetery mm-hmm. just on his, like his morning run. And the scenery around him keeps changing as the movie goes on based on the interactions he is having, based on the things that he is trying to process from this event that he saw. Like it, the imagery in this movie, not just the lighting choices, but the imagery in this movie and the intensity are things that are going to be really tough to match. Uh, I hope with its nationwide release that it gets some eyes on it Mm -hmm. because for adapted screenplay for original screenplay, actually this should get some attention, not just for the performances, which were both great, but like this is a screenplay award, like an award-winning screenplay waiting to happen. So, uh, yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, I cannot really go too much into this because again, in the 72 hours, the movie takes place in, Almost everything I could say would be a spoiler. Sure. Uh, one of the characters at his, not halfway house, uh, transition house that mm-hmm. he has to live in during his probation. The guy who runs it, you know, is just, again, try. he knows also that he only has 72 hours. Just trying to keep him on there. And he has a line that's, where he says, you are a convicted felon until proven otherwise. So prove otherwise. Mm. Prove to yourself, prove to your boss, prove to your girlfriend, your best friend like prove otherwise awesome message awesome symbolism uh yeah so this as you can tell gets a good for me mm-hmm. super super excited about this it was one of my favorite films during the entirety of sif i just could not talk about it until now Fair so enough. yeah definitely check it out this weekend and then this friday listen to my interview with the director uh carlos lopez estrada like 15 minutes Really solid interview. And yeah, just he talks about some of those lighting choices. He talks about the music, the pacing, and telling someone, or not telling someone, directing someone else's passion project like this. So yeah, so that was Blind Spotting, which gets a good. All right. Now, <laughs> now the moment that people have been waiting for. Oh, yeah. Uh, so San Diego Comic Con. Never heard of it. Uh, just a little, you know, local con in San Diego. Uh, happened this past weekend. Yeah, it did. San Diego Comic-Con used to be, you know, about comic books. Uh, <laughs> then it became just about every other pop culture thing. Movie. Oh, gosh. Movies, TVs, everything. Almost everything except for comic books. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there are still some awesome creator panels. Uh, Aaron Campbell and Pornsack Pichet showed, uh, who were on the show last week. They were on a panel talking about horror and comics. Um, I followed some of the other people that I follow, like they did some panels, but the big news that comes out of Emerald City Comic Con are usually San the Diego. Movies. You said Emerald City. <laughs> Emerald City Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. There are a lot of Comic Cons. I'm going to Rose City Comic Con in Portland next month, I think, and then Renton City Comic Con, I think, the month after that. And a, a Geek Girl Con oh, is in October. <laughs> you'll fit in perfectly. So there are a lot of cons. Uh, but. So we're just going to kind of not breeze through the geek news. No, like, Marvel presence, really. Big one. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So the reason Marvel basically stopped going to San Diego Comic-Con is because when the Disney merger happened, they do a little thing called D23. Wait, what? Right. 
So Disney puts on its own con that gets almost as many people as San Diego Comic-Con, and it is only Disney projects. All of their animated stuff, all of their Marvel stuff. Pixar. Every, Star yeah. Wars, like everything. Now and, Fox, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it, it, is, it is looking or like it. at least that property. Since yeah. Stuff. And so, yeah, they, they're like, no, we're not, no, just go ahead, DC. You guys have this one. Go ahead. We'll give that to you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to go through the trailers that we saw. Uh, we're going to go through some of the other news items. And because I love coming up with new rating systems <laughs> uh, for the uh, trailers in particular, the other news items, we might not give this rating, but for the trailers themselves, you have three choices. <laughs> oh, boy. I had no no stars, no letters, oh. not good, bad, or ugly. Because it is San Diego Comic-Con. Your three choices are concerned, mm-hmm. which is concerning, is, is not good at all. Uh, conflicted, okay, or confused. We we kind of went back and forth with that, uh, with conflicted or confused, because you know that one is kind of middle ground. We're still not sure yeah, yet. There's a give and take. Yeah, and then the last one is confident. Fair enough. So that one speaks for itself. Uh, yeah. So San Diego Comic Con, uh, and I came up with a con rating system because I am clever. And sleep deprived. <laughs> so, starting right off the bat with the Shazam Listeners, trailer. you're missing how proud of himself he looks right now. Literally glowing. I just want to get that across <laughs> the audio media. The smile uh, of smugness on John's face right yeah, now. I like it. So, first one. First trailer, Shazam. Careful with that. So, luckily, I am not powered by Shazam, so I can say that as many times as I want to. Oh, good. Um, so, Shazam. Starring Zachary Levi. This is one that... So the trailer... This is the first time we have seen a trailer. We saw some promotional imagery yeah, there's from a couple, it. A couple leaked photos. Ugh, and his his puffy muscle suit. Eesh. So that has me concerned right off the bat. But... Concerned? It does. <laughs> but they, they have an interesting workaround built into this already because it is Shazam. People who do not know... Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, but then there's a whole lawsuit that I will go into in a different episode because I can talk about it for 45 minutes, yep. is Billy Batson. In this movie, he looks to be about like 12 or 13. 13, I think, yeah, they mentioned maybe. Um, when he says the magical word Shazam, he is imbued by the power of seven gods, and he becomes this you know, powerful hero. So the muscle suit actually has an easy workaround in this film because this takes place in the DC universe. Yep. They right. mentioned Superman. They mentioned Batman. Worlds of DC, John. The worlds of DC, yes. Not the DC Extended Universe, which it was never officially called. The so worlds is, of DC. Yeah, it's the worlds of DC. And so Billy Batson, thinking of these heroes, even in the comic books, that kind of became his story. Mm-hmm. That he built himself around Superman. Like, that was his idol. Kind of like the 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 most tropic version of the hero. Absolutely. Like, the, yeah, the, 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 the distilled, I'm a superhero. Mm-hmm. So... They can play with that a little bit and, you know, that he has these kind of larger than life muscles. Oh, yeah. Uh, His giant glowing uh, uh, lightning (laughs) Lightning bolt. bolt, Yeah. Yeah. His hair is dyed jet black, like very obviously. And it is in this quaff that, again, looks like Superman did back in the day. Well, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, Jingle All the Way. Do you remember that with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, (laughs) Sinbad? Yep. I sure do. That superhero. I forgot the name of the. Oh, the, the one that they all fight over? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, when he puts on the suit, it kind of reminds me of, like, the end part of Jingle mm. All the Way. It's like this giant, like, it's it's a it's a, a toy, you know, basically. It's, it's an action yeah. figure come to life. 
Yes, I mean, and that, so yeah, if that is his vision of what a superhero is, that is what he becomes. So, I mean, it, it is clever. Uh, Mark Strong is in this. As the villain, of course. Or playing ish. his second DC yeah. villain after Sinestro in Green Lantern. We also have Jaimon Hansu. Thank you very much. I always mess it up. As Shazam. As the wizard Shazam. Right. Yeah. Again, with his second DC movie. And... I guess not Marvel. This is his f- fourth comic book movie, two DC ones, two Marvel, because he did a voice in something. It's like yeah. He, he is involved, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, so He's yeah. in Aquaman as well. Yeah, as the Fisher King. Yep. So, yeah. So, with the Shazam trailer, are you concerned, conflicted, or confident? I, uh, I'm kind of confident. Mm-hmm. It seems like DC had this moment where they kind of gathered everyone together. and was like, hey, guys. We're making comic book movies. <laughs> Maybe we should have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this kind of lighthearted. It, I don't know how it's going to fit in with the rest of the worlds of DC. Like, I can't imagine him standing next to Affleck's Batman. You know, what did you just say? Martha. <laughs> no, I didn't say Martha. It's, so it's mm-hmm. a, it's going to be a little bit uh, incongruent. Yeah. Um, but uh, it looks like it's going to be kind of like, a yeah, we're doing a Shazam movie. You can't kind of, if they did the gritty Shazam reboot. Yeah. I don't know if it would work that well. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I am totally confident about this one. Bege- Wait, did you say you're concerned or confident? I'm confident. Confident. Sweet. I, <laughs> I get sleep-tried. Sleep, sleep- Sleepified. <laughs> Sleepified. <laughs> um, yeah, that did, oddly enough, remind me because you just did some finger, yeah. finger guns. E. One of my favorite parts of Equalizer 2 is when he is face-to-face with the group of bad guys and he gives this speech. He was like, you know, you killed my friend, and I'm going to kill you. And the only thing is, like, you know, the, the worst part is I can't kill you. I can only kill you once. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does these finger guns to them and smiles, and all of them just stand there, like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that part. That's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so Shazam, because again, DC is kind of rebranding mm-hmm. with this world of DC with Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman 1984. They're kind of going in a different direction, I think, away from that dark and gritty because Zack Snyder is no longer involved. Right. Thank goodness. <sighs> but yeah, these movies should be fun. <laughs> like well, Marvel nailed that a decade ago. Well, and DC's <laughs> always kind of been a little bit like you, Batman aside, like Superman. Yeah. It's Superman. It's truth, justice, the American way, mm-hmm. you know? Like to take that and be like, he's gritty, you know? Yeah. like he snaps necks now it's like what no it's like the original boy scout boy in blue you know good for you for dc for realizing that i guess and and with shazam i mean again because his character in the comics is still a kid yeah even so there's a fantastic uh it was it was a superman shazam comic series and i'm forgetting what it was but they had this amazing moment because at that point in this new continuity, Superman did not know that he was a child, that he mm. was Billy Batson. And so he has this moment where he, like, he flies up to the mountain to confront Shazam and basically yell at him for destroying a building. And when Shazam turns around, he is crying. And he was like, how dare... And he was like, what? what? And he like, takes Superman back. He says Shazam reverts to a child. And it pans to a one shot of Superman. He says, who did this to you? Mm. And then he confronts the wizard Shazam. Like, it is a phenomenal series. So they they can easily play around with that, especially in this kind of relaunch continuity. Right. Or not relaunch, but 
uh, remodeled. Gear shift? Uh, yeah, yeah, tonal shift. There you go. For sure. So, yeah, so definitely confident about Shazam. Uh, I'm going to write that on here also before I forget. <laughs> confident times two. Uh, next one, Aquaman. So the Aquaman trailer, which we finally have, mm-hmm. that we were seeing more stuff for Wonder Woman 1984 than we had seen for Aquaman, and Aquaman comes out in December. Right. I was getting really nervous about this. The trailer shows off everything. Oh, yeah. It shows off four of the seven kingdoms. We kind of get allusions to the other three. Uh, we see his half-brother, Orm. They showed bonus footage mm. at San Diego Comic-Con, which Jess from the Curly Nerd podcast, <laughs> she got to see, and she was texting the Blurds and I just what she was seeing. They showed him in the classic green and yellow costume. Oh, really? They showed... Uh, I heard it was a bit more of Black Manta. Yeah, a bit more of Black Manta. You see that there is more than one of him or more than one person in a suit. Interesting. Um, you see uh, Willem Dafoe's character, Volko. Okay. So this trailer... Where it kind of it gives his origin story real quick. Yep. <laughs> it was like his mom crashed in the on the lighthouse. On, on, <laughs> on the lighthouse, his dad was lighthouse keeper. They had a baby. Here's the baby. Then he grew up. Now he is the king of Atlantis. Go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, all right, here we go. Yep. Uh, but they also got, and I want to pull up his name. Uh, so talk about your feelings on it real quick yeah. while I pull up the thing. Well, for me, it's the the visuals. Uh, I kind of again going back to this DC. Like we're gonna do a tonal shift. There's colors. There's all these like the the the, the shots are beautiful, and there's there's all these uh, uh, kind of pans over Atlantis City and all these different kind of uh, the traffic of sea creatures going yeah. past. Uh, you know, Black Manta looks like comic book comic book Black Manta yeah. with the big helmet, big and helmet, red giant eye red eyes shooting lasers out of him, which is kind of like well, all right, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. For me, there's a weird bit of like the 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 writing just even in the trailer seems a little wooden or shallow it like when hmm. he, there's a they try Permission to do, to come aboard yeah they try yeah. to do the quippy like <laughs> look we're marvel we can make jokes too but it just kind of falls flat so there's all these colors <laughs> so there's all these colors oh wow oh, no. all right this is what happens with, when we oh, when we man. take a break for like two minutes because i'm an idiot and right sausage, face in the memory card yeah, you're making things see how the sausage is made uh uh, but it completely lost my train of thought. Anyway, colors are pretty. Colors are pretty. I like colors, and Aquaman has them. Yes. Uh, one thing that I definitely <laughs> want to talk about. So, and I might butcher his name, and I'm totally sorry about that. Uh, but New, New Zealand actor uh, Tamara Morris, Tamara Morrison. Mm-hmm. He plays his dad. Mm-hmm. So this actor is like a legendary New Zealand. That's cool. Actor. He was actually the one who kind of convinced Momoa to take the role. Because it makes so much sense. I know that there was a bunch of backlash from stupid people who were like, that's not what Aquaman looks like. He's blonde. He right. Blonde. But like Jason Momoa, like having a Polynesian person, somebody who comes from a culture where literally their entire way of life and belief system and gods mm-hmm. all had to do with the water. Right. Imagine that. So, yeah, I definitely want to shout out that actor because he's like, he is just awesome and everything he does you don't see a lot of them in the trailer right yeah you see you see a little bit i hope they kind of you see some parts when he is a baby and then you see him when momo is an adult as mm-hmm. well so i hope that they give him some some kind of meat to chew on you know in the film but the rest of it like there's so much going on that it's like how it was <laughs> left a lot. <laughs> uh, have yeah. time it's the you know you've got the uh was it the rift mm-hmm. you know the, yep. all those creatures 
uh, a great kind of visual shot of them diving into the water and mm-hmm. all the creatures chasing after them. In this them. big tidal wave. Uh, I mean, like, this 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 could be really good. I have been kind of crapping on it for a few months because I just did not know what to expect mm-hmm. because we had not seen anything. James Wan is a solid director. Mm-hmm. I mean, he pioneered the Saw franchise, the Conjuring franchise, which is now on its, I think, ninth movie because The Nun comes out this year. It's like they've done three Conjurings, three Annabelles. Uh, like th- they're just pumping this all like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there are going to be parts of this, probably with having to do with the creatures in the Reach, sure, that are going to get creepy. It is going to get, well, you yeah. know, kind of scary, which is good because the ocean is terrifying. <laughs> like anybody, oh no, the ocean. I love the ocean. I love swimming, but like you realize real quick, you're at the bottom of the food chain when you when you jump in the ocean. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the colors look great. The vehicles, like everything, just looks really interesting how it will fit into this world because in wonder woman do they give one i feel like in wonder woman they acknowledged the atlanteans or in justice league or there was yeah they 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 kind of i mean because they gave them one of the mother boxes mm -hmm. so at least to kind of acknowledge that they're there how that all plays into each other is going to be really interesting and i loved that james wan made the directorial choice to just have them talk yeah. And he addressed that in an interview a couple of weeks ago. Like, oh, is Mara going to do some, uh, what is it called? Hydrokinetic, you know, because that is her power. She sure. can control water. Sure. Are they going to have to do an air bubble every time they have to talk? And he was like, no, they're just going to talk. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but, and he was like, they're, they're just going to talk. Which I kind of like that in the trailer. <laughs> you see them ta- talking and their hair is still kind of flowing. Yeah. Water. That's good. That's like, cool. no bubble. It's like, it's like, it sounds like the putties from the original series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I love them. Um, I still have my original jacket. Um, nice. But yeah, so I, I that was a really smart choice for James Wan to just be like, nope, mm-hmm. they're just going to talk. That, that is how it's going to happen. Just move it on forward. Uh, Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. looks good. Mara's wig. It's a very, it's very <laughs> comic appropriate, I would it say. It is, but so red. It, yeah, it does not read well on the screen, which I heard there's a reasoning behind the colors is because the underwater things kind of get muted being underwater so the colors have to kind of be that more vibrant uh sure so when they're on on land it looks much more vibrant than they would Mm -hmm. be on water underwater which i kind of buy but it's also like that looks just like a bad wig (laughs) yeah it it really does that was the only striking thing yeah uh but yeah so as of right now my rating for for aquaman is confident and i'm confident i'm glad i can say that because i was real nervous about this <laughs> leading up to it but after seeing this trailer i'm i'm 100 on board we still have you know six months yeah and so we're going to get probably two more trailers uh i hope they don't show too much more sure because so far right now i mean black manta like everything i have been fooled before <laughs> dc yeah but everything so far looks appropriate and looks good for me i'm conflicted it, it, yeah it visually visually it looks there it looks like they opened the comic book and said let's just shoot mm-hmm. this um but the, the, there's a like the one-liners just yeah i know it's a trailer and you don't have the timing behind it you don't have the build behind it so it's kind of seems like a weird thing to nitpick but there's a, so many of like the oh, redheads right and he like jumps out it's like really and they jump they're jumping over a desert yep i don't know how that's gonna work out aquaman is super tough yep like physically oh sure tough 
You gotta deal with that pressure, yo. Jumping into a desert. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it seemed like there's a little bit of a. The writing might not be there, so yeah. I'm conflicted by it. Fair. That is yeah. fair. Uh, okay. The next one is Titans, which is a very mm. controversial trailer that dropped recently as part of the DC streaming universe package that they're putting together because everybody wants their own Netflix. <laughs> uh, so they're putting this together. So Titans is the live action Teen Titans TV show. Remember that time we figured out that comic books should be fun and colorful and we I have know. this whole series featuring young teenage superheroes yeah. like Robin, yeah, where, you know, Starfire. Yeah, the really bright, colorful. There's an animated show that went on for years that mm-hmm. was funny but touching, but a lot of color, a lot of heart. And one currently that has a movie in theaters right now called Teen Titans Go to the Movies that is ultra colorful and ultra bright. And then we get this which is a complete 180 yep. from it seems like everything else they're doing with Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman. I mean, Robin literally says F Batman. After <laughs> killing like three people. Like murdering three people. Yeah. Eh, I'm not murdering. It may, eh, oh. No. Are it you... was not planned. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you, that's the line you're going to... Well, no. Murder technically is malice aforethought. <laughs> uh, so you have to plan it out or it would be manslaughter. Okay, um, sorry. So at best, he's manslaughtering. Well, <laughs> right. Robin is manslaughtering, so that makes it better. Yeah, at one like he steps on a dude's neck and just snaps it. Yeah, like, like just crunch. just curb stomps this guy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is this is a tough one for me mm-hmm. because the kid that they uh, let me pull it up. The kid that they chose for Robin mm-hmm. looks good. Like Brendan, uh, Brendan, Brenton Thwaites. Mm-hmm. Like when they show him outside of the Robin. Costume and even in the Robin suit, like he, he looks like Robin. Sure, like I would, I would buy that for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was it. I mean, the little bit you see of Beast Boy looks pretty good. And I, I'm glad that they're going the probably because of budgetary route. They're going the more Animal Man style versus the traditional Beast Boy style, where he transforms into the actual animal. Mm-hmm. Animal Man in the comic books, and similar to Vixen. Anybody who watches the CW shows, she touches her amulet. You see the uh, kind of not hologram. You see the manifestation of the creature around her, mm-hmm. and then she just has that power. Sure. So Beast Boy, I think they're going that route, which is smart. It does look fairly low budget. Yeah. Uh, you see Hawk and Dove, or you see Dove mm-hmm. for like a quick second. She slices some dude's Achilles with her weights. Uh, you see Starfire blast somebody. Yep. Raven is probably going to murder a bunch of people in this. I and mean, she's already doing like creepy, shadowy stuff. I mean, her dad is a demon. Well, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. ipso facto. Uh, this this is, it, it just is odd. Yeah. Because I really thought we were going away from this. Not that everything has to be the Teen Titans go mm-hmm. cutesy level. That no. show, I love the show. It is hilarious. It can get a little bit jarring sometimes. Well, I'm excited for the movie. I missed the press screening, so mm-hmm. I might have to pay for a ticket Ugh, that sounds good uh, oh let me get my tiny vi- violin out for you john <laughs> that hurt my soul well i might have points on my card anyway whatever uh <laughs> so but this one this is a Zack snyder show yeah like this this would fit totally in with the batman <sighs> yeah so i so my, my official rating to keep it kind of short is concerned yeah very concerned for this i will watch it um, they okay. just recently said that they had a they had a special for their DC streaming service. It was like seven ninety nine. If you if you sign up early, 
and pay for a year at seventy nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You get an additional three months. Ooh. It's a bonus stuff. So fifteen months for eighty bucks. What else is on the service? Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, we will definitely get to that. Sorry. Um oh, how, okay. how much is that? So eighty divided by fifteen. So like five dollars a month. Sure. Yeah, you know. Do you need to pay for another streaming service? I mean, Disney's got their own or coming out. I, I know, and I, I know that I'm going to get that one. I just I cannot avoid it. So, yeah. So both of us are concerned. <laughs> Do we know if this is going to fit in with the rest of the world of DC? Is this going to be no. or is this? This, this, is, this seems like a completely separate thing. All right. This is not going to connect to the amazing CW shows that we have been having. Well, those are, definitely are not. Yeah. No, and they, like, they did make a a Wayne Tech uh, connection in a recent episode or recent like, the last season of Arrow. Mm-hmm. But that, like, no, that that yeah, you're not going to get a special pop in of Affleck, Batfleck. Yeah, no. Well, Batfleck is out. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's that we know of right now. So, yeah. So Titans concerned. Yep. Definitely. So remember that uh, happy, cheery uh, Teen Titans type show called Young Justice? Yep. That was really good. Had fantastic writing, fantastic animation. Yeah. Left in a big cliffhanger like five years ago. Yeah, I remember you talking so, about that a lot. Season three. Had right? a trailer that just dropped. I am 100% on board with this. Young Surprising. Justice was great. Like, this was coming off the heels of your Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, which was still solid. Mm-hmm. You had Teen Titans, Young Justice. Like, well, the DC animated stuff has always been pretty solid. Definitely. Generally across the board. Yeah. So, Young Justice Season 3. This is going to be exclusively on the streaming service, there you like go. we talked about. That's two TV shows. Yep, uh, that I am on board for. Well, one TV show that I'm on board for. <laughs> the other one that I know I'm going to hate watch sure. through. Uh, yeah, Young Justice Season 3. I am confident about this one. What about you? Confident as well. Sweet. Keep it going. Uh, confident. Times two. Uh, Glass. Mm, yes. So you watched this one. Yep. You did you, you saw Split. Uh-huh. So... Tell the people about Glass. Glass is a continuation of the M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan-verse. Shyamalan-verse. Technically, this is the, the Glass-verse. The Glass-verse. Yeah. Uh, first with uh, Unbreakable and mm-hmm. then Split and Surprise. No, kind of... Unbreakable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. See, that is, they kind of mess with this naming it Glass because you I keep thinking there was... <laughs> well, I was thinking there was one in the middle. And oh. Well, Split. Split was the middle one, but it just... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Go ahead. Uh, it's a continuation of that. So you, this is the one that's kind of the crossover, quote, quote, Avengers one, I guess, of the group. Yeah. Where you have Bruce Willis back from mm-hmm. his character in Unbreakable. You have uh, James McAvoy back from his characters in Split, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Mr. Glass. And mm-hmm. it's like... First I, name, Mr. Last, last name, Glass. <laughs> God, that's such a good line. No, <laughs> no one was, else could be able to nail that. Exactly. That's that, Sam Jackson. Like we were talking about Aquaman, some of it felt wooden. Right. Sam Jackson has a way he can be delivering the cheesiest lines, and you're like, "That is Sam Jackson, though." <laughs> like, yep. So anyway, <laughs> but bearing in mind that is a <laughs> stupid decision. Anyway, um, they're together in a um, mental health or mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, kind of everybody thinks that they're making up this whole like, no, we have superpowers ish, mm-hmm. uh, and chaos ensues you don't get a lot of like what you you see like all of them operating a little bit mm-hmm. you see uh bruce willis kind of going around doing superhero-esque stuff mm-hmm. you see uh split's character i forgot the name of the, uh, the beast i yeah, mean the like beast, it, yeah. yeah well what, yeah well him 
talking with like a, a host group of like cheerleaders, I think, right? Which is similar to right. you know, what one of his characters did yep. in Split. And so you see all these kind of then them interacting with each other a little bit. So you get a little taste of it. They don't give away too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's kind of that an interesting continuation. It's, it's kind of cool yeah. to see like a not comic book movie doing this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a surprise at the end of Split where, you know, it wasn't marketed. It wasn't thing. It was just like, oh, no. That was a great twist. What the twist? Like, because again, Shyamalan. What the twist? What the twist from Robot Chicken, <laughs> who just got made fun of all the time. This one, when it hit you the twist, you're like, oh, wow. Like, hey, th- like what are they going to do next? Like, to that, be fair, there's a reason why M. Night Shyamalan has that reputation because he nailed a few of those. He did, but and every then he started movie, lying like, yeah. yeah. No, the trees are killing you. What? What? That no. Was that? The happening. The happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was rough. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. this one. Spoilers, like, by the way. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> this, I mean, what Unbreakable did, it did in a time when comic book movies mm-hmm. were not what they are now. Yeah, they were kind of just starting off. You had the X-Men. You had the original Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, kind of in theaters. Yeah. So, like, the fact that he kind of created his own comic book universe, made Split, and then was like, guess what? This is a bigger thing. Like, I'm on board. Yeah. Like, Split, James McAvoy blew me away in Split. I had some problems with the movie. There were parts that just kind of fell apart. But James McAvoy, like, I voted for him in our Seattle Film Critics Society Awards for Best Actor. Mm. Because, like, he crushed it. Like, people kind of sleep on him for some reason. So, and he looks jacked in some of these pictures. Like, he looks real big. Oh, yeah. As the beast. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. yeah. And Sorry. No, no. I, I was just going to say that I'm confident for that one. I would give I would give it confidence as well. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I got to say, I was late to the Harry Potter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. A lot of my friends who are into it are like just a couple years younger than me, so it hit them right at the perfect age. Sure. So with this one, like, I remember the movies coming out. I started seeing the movies. You know, I kind of liked them. And all my Harry Potter nerd friends were like, yeah, you haven't read the books, man. Those jerks. I have no idea what, what type of person would get at, mad at somebody. Why are you looking at me, John? <laughs> what type of person would get mad at somebody and yell at them? Oh, would I do that with every person who <laughs> talks about a comic book movie and has not seen that? But anyway, uh, so I was late to it. I really fell in love with the movies. Mm. Then I went back and read all of the books. Uh, it is a captivating series. Mm-hmm. Was I a huge fan of Fantastic Beasts? No. Yeah. Was it really solid? And uh, Newt Scamander, played by uh, the guy. Oh, man. I got to pull. No, the nerds are yelling yeah. at me. I can hear you right uh, now. It's late. It's tired. Fantastic. Eddie Redmayne. Hey, thank you. Eddie Redmayne, the guy, like, when you think of, like, the most charming, bumbling character Affable you can think British. of. Like, he crushes it. Like, he is yeah. so, so good. I personally, no spoilers, mm-hmm. but when a character is, re- whatever, spoilers, the movie came out years ago. Sure. When Johnny Depp is revealed right. to, to have been Colin Farrell's character, I did not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell, like, he was good, and then now you have Johnny Depp being another eccentric weirdo <sighs> as Grindelwald. I, I was not a big fan of that twist. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have to say, when this trailer started... And you hear the dun dun dun, dun. It, it got me. Like it just like damn it. Uh, <laughs> like it just it hooked me right away. Eddie Redmayne is just sure. 
he he looks at the camera and is just so innocent and adorable. Go. Like, <laughs> come on. You get the great creature designs. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny Depp does not look too annoying in this so far. Oh. I said too annoying. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, so this one, like, even though I was late to the party getting onto it, I kind of became a big Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm 100% on board. Confident. Fair enough. Uh, I was a little bit more... I wasn't a bit. I was a book reader before the movies. I was okay. never a huge fan of the movies. I liked Interesting. It. I liked them. They weren't like they're hard. The first two are hard to go back and yeah, watch too. I, Why is his head so big? <laughs> he's this giant lemon head. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe looks so weird in those first two. I'm movies. sorry, Daniel Radcliffe. I know you listen. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the movies, and the uh, Fantastic Beasts didn't really hook me in as much as I know a lot of people did. So it was kind of like I could take it or leave it. So to see this continuation and then adding on Johnny Depp at where he's kind of at the point where he's kind of a lot of his movies, he seems like he just doesn't care and just kind of checked out and like, I'm just going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't really do it for me. I'm going to say conflicted. Okay. Um, I hope it does well. I'll probably go see it. Um, I like the kind of the the world building still. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that Harry Potter movies does really well. Yeah. And that was, I think, what I liked about Fantastic Beasts, maybe more than those early Harry Potter movies, is it just, it felt like a bigger world as opposed to just Hogwarts. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm on board for that one. Uh, next, this is one that, so in our, in our blurred group, so Tim, Damien, Jess, and I, Talk literally every day, almost all day. They are my some of my best friends, my family. I love them. So Tim dropped the Godzilla <laughs> King of Monsters trailer in our group text. I clicked on it. As I'm watching like the first 30 seconds, Damien chimes in. He was like, John's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> this trailer for Godzilla King of Monsters, like I, my jaw was on the floor. I am... So in yep. for this movie. And again, the first Godzilla movie, or the first of the reboot, mm-hmm. than the one from a few years ago, again, I was not a huge fan of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I liked what they were doing. I was one of the people who complained about every time you saw Godzilla, it was on a TV screen. Right. That just bothered me. I, I hated, oh God, what's the guy's name? The char- the main actor in the movie. Uh, I forget uh, what who even was. Not Channing Tatum. <laughs> Quicksilver. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. It actually had both Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in it. It's true. Uh, As a married couple, right? Or, or, uh, or dating or something. I am so bad at my job right now. Just uh, so you know, it's it's a quarter after midnight right now. It really is late. Uh, but yeah, Elizabeth Olsen was in it. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yes. Yep, there we go. Aaron, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. Yep. Uh, yeah, he, he was kind of weird. But this one, Godzilla King of Monsters. King- the king of the monsters uh king of i, I just like as soon <laughs> as they showed so they show this like giant ice block mm-hmm. and then starts lighting up from behind when i saw three heads in shadow oh, yeah i lost my damn i audibly gasped <laughs> watching this trailer on my phone and was just freaking out oh, yeah. I, Rodan oh, flying over. Rodan, Mothra, oh, you see. With the, the, the Claire de Lune uh, kind of right. uh, take riff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on like a weird like discord melody like right at the end. Yeah, Charlie's dance coming in with you know, Neil to the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I, I am so yep. on board for this. Like I, it blew me away. This trailer won Comic-Con for me. Mm. 
Like this, this beat everything else because totally. it just came out of nowhere. Like they showed us an image a couple weeks ago where he was just breathing his, you know, atomic. fire breath or atomic breath. There you go, John. Into the sky. Thank you. <laughs> into the sky. And you, you don't really get the scale of him. You just mm-hmm. saw that he was just kind of the fat Godzilla. He's big. And in this one, you look at him and you're like, holy crap. And this is building towards Godzilla versus King Kong mm-hmm. in probably 2022, something like that, because they need to work on that. Because now I got to wonder after this, it's like King Kong barely took out a couple of those small skull creatures, you know, an easy way that they already built that into the universe saying yeah. that the reason he was only as big as he was is because he was the apex predator on that island. So he he did not need to grow any bigger. Ah, so, oh, there's bigger creatures. I yep. grow bigger. Yeah. All right, uh, sure. just, like, just like the old thing where, like, a fish can only grow as big as its tank. That's a myth. No, it is not. It's uh, only a myth. It was in Big Fish. How could it be in Big Fish if it were not true? Uh, but, yeah, so, like, King Kong. <laughs> King Kong. Big Fish was a documentary. No way to bring that reference back. Uh, All those lo- folks that remember Big Fish. I love that movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so King yeah. Kong is definitely going to get bigger. How big? Compared to how big Godzilla is in this movie, I don't know. But like King Ghidorah, like come on, like oh, yeah. Mechagodzilla is around the corner. He's got to be. Like, <laughs> oh, so excited. Uh, but yeah, so absolutely confident uh, for that one. Same in the bag. Yep, hardcore. Doctor Seuss. Doc- Doctor Seuss. <laughs> Doctor Sue, who's in eleven? <laughs> Doctor Who season eleven dropped like a one minute teaser. Yep. Uh, did not really give us much. I'm on board. Sure. It is Doctor Who. Yep. Um, I think it is far past time they gave us a female yeah, doctor. Yeah, I was going to say, all the haters, the female doctor, she looks fun. It looks like, you know, they did a cool little wacky costume, unique. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it seems like they expanded the companion cast a little bit, so there's like three or four people with her. Yeah, which, I mean, he, the doctor has done that definitely a few times before. Sure. Yeah, um, definitely. I kind of like that it's going to be a little bit more of an ensemble. Uh, mm-hmm. That way you don't hit the same notes over and over again with like the doctor and then a companion. Yeah. You know, and that way they can play off each other a little bit. It gives a little bit more danger because there's, you know, eight different, you know, or a bunch of, oh, hit the mic. Mm-hmm. A, bu- <laughs> a bunch of other humans in the mix that he's got to save or she's yeah. got to save now. Um, yeah. I'm totally game. Yep. Totally confident for that one. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, I have gone on record as saying one of the best cartoons and one of the best TV shows to come out in decades. Bold stance. I like. I put it up there with Batman the Animated Series. Fair enough. As one of the best animated shows flat out. And just the writing of it as a TV show is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Like I have seen every episode countless times beginning to end. The writers from Avatar The Last Airbender, they just dropped a trailer for their new Netflix show called Dragon Prince. Before, like as soon as I saw the article and it was like, Writers of Avatar have a new... And I was like, sold. Done. Give it to me. No, wait. It's James Cameron Avatar. Oh, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> click away, click away. Uh, this one, the animation style is kind of this newer blend of like a CGI style mixed with traditional animation. Mm-hmm. Not super sold on it. And the trailer itself did not really look finished. It looked like, yeah, like the frame rate was off or something. Like Yeah, it was, it was a little weird. But all like- of the episodes drop on Netflix September 14th. I definitely am going to be binging this one. Sure. Because uh, it just, why not? It is all there. I have faith in those writers. Cora was amazing. So, yeah, I'm confident in that one. Same. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> a show that bothers me. Okay. Only because, so George R. R. Martin. Yep. Wrote a novella. It's pronounced George R. Martin. <laughs> right. Wrote a novella called Night Flyers. Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Yep. George R. R. Martin is kind of hot right now. So they're picking up everything that he is doing. Never heard of him. Right. 
So they're doing a TV production of Night Flyers, which... Sci-fi TV production. Sci-fi channel TV production. Basically, you just think of Event Horizon. Yep. Uh, a ship goes places it should not. Oopsie poopsie. They tell it not to come back. <laughs> it kind of does. Well, they have that line in the trailer. It's like, didn't they say the exact same thing in Event Horizon? Yeah. Like, Do not come back. We can't come back. Well, in Event Horizon, it was like, it showed up. And people were like, we should go see where it was. And people were like, no, nah, you really should <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, don't like, you don't. Uh, uh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> so... Yeah, the show is called Night Flyers. It comes out on Netflix or comes out on Sci-Fi Channel, I think in September. It said coming soon, but I think yeah. it was like a fall release date. Uh, this one I'm conflicted about. I'm not concerned because I genuinely just do not care about it that much. Mm-hmm. At the same time, George, stop giving <laughs> interviews about new shows you were doing. Please just write The Winds right. of Winter. Well, this Please. is written early on in his career. But no, he's giving like, ac- yeah. he is on the interview yeah. circuit for it. And it was like, it's fair. Okay. Okay, George, come on, buddy. You get back to your typewriter. <laughs> right. Just need to chain that man to his typewriter. But yeah, so I, I am conflicted. Very. Yeah. Uh, I would, uh, was the third, the concerned? Yes. Yeah, I would be more concerned on ah, that one, I think. Okay. I, it, it looks to hit a lot of the, the same old notes of, oh, there's a spaceship. Oh, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, we start having hallucinations. We can't trust the crew member, all the crew members. Yeah. Uh, it, it going back to Doctor Who, it kind of looked like a, a Doctor Who episode. It did. It is a sci-fi channel. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, yeah, the, the George R.R. R. Martin name seems like a very kind of cheap, like, slap that I on I mean, it, it is just like for years when it was Guillermo del Toro right. presents some random movie that he gave them some money and they could slap his name on it. Totally. So, we'll see. Uh, Iron Fist Season 2 trailer, teaser trailer dropped. He punches people. <sighs> It just looks so dumb. He punched more people. Nobody cares. Like, so I just, I'm putting this in the concern because it just, it just looks pointless. Like, why do we need the fight choreography did look better. Mm -hmm. I cannot blame that completely on the actor. Apparently they were kind of messing with fight choreography, like up to the day that they would film Mm -hmm. and he was learning it on the day. You cannot do that to performers. Yeah, that's rough. Especially like so, a high intensity, like there's a lot of working pieces there, a lot of safety issues. Yeah. So with this... That it, we did just see an alley fight. Yep. I, nobody cares. Well, for me, it's the the, <laughs> the character self of Iron Fist, Denny Ren. Yeah, the immortal Iron Fist, which he says five hundred times. <laughs> As a standalone character in the comic books, it's kind of always a weaker comic book character. I feel Fair. like, yeah. you know, it comes from this awkward seventies era of you know um, Bruce Lee pulp. slash black exploitation. Yeah, exactly. He teamed up with Power Man and Iron Fist. Exactly. So it's like you got the the Asian exploitation, mm-hmm. you have the black exploitation. You know, all kind of combined. What do you get when you mix them together? Right. <laughs> combined into one superhero who's like this multi billionaire, but he knows karate really good and punches really hard. Yeah. So it it it's a weaker superhero. I I know the Defenders have always been like that's kind of the OG Defender crew. Right. Um, I think the character would have been better served almost like what they're doing with the Hulk now, where it's the Hulk is, you know, hey, he's over here with Thor. Teaming with Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And been a bigger present with Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so I'm concerned. What about you? Concerned as well. Yep. You know, <laughs> Fair enough. They've been doing so well with the Netflix stuff. You know, come on. Put a lot more effort into Iron yeah. Fist. Yeah, so that kind of that wraps up for the trailers. My, I mean, yeah, my absolute favorite was Godzilla King Monsters. Came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Blew me away. Millie Bobby Brown yep. uh, is in it. Screaming, crouching against the wall. You yeah. Know, her go-to. <laughs> I, I uh, Vera Formiga is in it that we've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. Man, she likes to stay busy. 
She has been in, I mean, like we talked about Denzel earlier, Vera Farmiga has been in, I want to say like five or six movies in the past year mm-hmm. in like 20 minute parts. <laughs> so it is like, hey, good for you. Get the checks, <laughs> you know, get the bag. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, what trailer won Comic-Con for you? I would agree with you on Godzilla. Uh, you know, DC has kind of tainted the pool a little <laughs> bit so much mm-hmm. that even Aquaman and Shazam, both of them that look fun, that look interesting, I kept asking myself, if this was a Marvel movie, would I be more excited to see it? Hmm. And it's kind of like, yeah, I think I would. So it's it's, yeah. it's like, you've burned me before, DC. Yeah. You've hurt me so many times. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I can't get through it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with Godzilla, didn't wasn't a huge, huge fan of the first one. This one looks like my big criticism for the first one was like, I want more monsters. I want big <laughs> monsters blowing buildings up and stuff. Mm-hmm. I looks like they do that. <laughs> <laughs> looks like they blow buildings up. It's great. More the, monsters. They don't blow them Love up real it. good. Yep. So Cool. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the last bits we will just breeze through. Billy D. Williams is officially back as Lando for episode nine. My concern with that is that they're just bringing him back so they can kill him. Oh, just like they did harsh. with Harrison Ford. Just oh. like they're going to have to do with Carrie Fisher. Carrie yeah. Fisher. The thing is, like, with Billy D., like, he has actually stayed busy. Like, he has yeah. been voicing Lando in a few of the animated stuff they have done recently. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a big fear they're just going to bring him Hi in. Hi, guys. I'm back. <laughs> right. <laughs> just let him, it's let, me, him, let him live. Just let him live. Because, again, Carrie Fisher, dead. I Harrison was... Ford, dead. Luke, dead. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, I I just, come they, on, man. If they kill off Nub Nub, or what's the guy? The, the guy yeah, that really, Nub Nub. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If they kill him off, then I will be sad. Actually, I think he died soon after the Son battle at Endor. If, Anyway, I, I'm not going to go deep ECU into that. ECU is, is, uh, doesn't count, John. <laughs> right. Actually, the extended universe, they're called legacy stories. So, yes, they do count now. They're not canon. Uh, anyways, yeah, Billy D. Williams is back. 100% on board for that. That should be fun. Uh, the show Krypton, another sci-fi show. Uh, Lobo is set to appear, <laughs> which it's... is one of the things where it's like, why not? Right. I feel like it would have been a better fit for uh, Supergirl. Sure. If they had brought him in there because they already had... Fort Roz, this prison full of a bunch of aliens on the show. Throw Lobo in there as, like, breaking somebody out. That would be great. I mean, he he is a cesarean bounty hunter on a motorci- on a space motorcycle. It's the most ridiculous. It's the <laughs> 90s, <laughs> oh. like, the most 90s of 90s. Yeah. Horrible. <sighs> yeah. They, they have been trying to get a movie off the ground for decades. Right. but The Rock was thought to be, like... There's no case. Like he, he goes around and like murder, death, kills pretty much everybody yeah. and enjoys it. And he literally murdered everybody on his planet. Yep. Like he is the only surviving cesarean because he killed all of them because he wanted to. So the cesarean section would just be him. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that is. Whew, yeah. Uh, that is rough. Uh, so yeah, I, sure. Why not? I mean, it, it. It's weird that they made such a big deal of this announcement. It's just like, okay, this is kind of the C list. And on Krypton, because like right. season two of Krypton, I, never mind. I will not suppose season one. It literally yeah. just ended, but like the things are kind of in up. a good place. The planet blows up, John. Uh, eventually, <laughs> but yes, uh, just kind of weird. Uh, big big news. Speaking of animated stuff that we mentioned earlier, Batman the animated series is finally coming to Blu-ray in October. Fully remastered. It Fantastic. Has, they have not done a remastered version ever. The version that came out on DVDs in like 2008, which you can still buy on Amazon, 
those are basically just ported from the original tapes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a great show. And you can see a lot of it on Amazon Prime now. Uh, or Amazon Prime now. Currently. Uh, currently, yes. But yeah, fully remastered on Blu-ray. Something like 15 discs. Oh, that's fantastic. An hour-long documentary. 11 episodes that the cast got to choose to do commentary for. Nice. Come on, like I near like that. That news just dropped today as we were recording. I nearly pre-ordered it and spent one hundred and thirteen dollars for it to come out in October. Like, I, just give it to me now. Like I, <laughs> you're shoving your cash at the monitor. Take my <laughs> right. money, please. Like physical media, it feels weird to buy it anymore. Right. But I, I just cannot. These, me- like the streaming service is going to have all of it, mm. but to own it on Blu-ray. Yeah, the best remastered editions. Like, come on! It's it's to me like whenever I read a comic book now, Joker's voice is Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, Batman ben, is Kevin Conroy. Yep, exactly. You know, it just I yep. can't get it out of my head. That's that's how it is now. Yep. Uh, oh, included in that box set is Mask of the Phantasm. All right. And Batman and Mister Freeze. So okay. now they just need to do a Batman Beyond one. <laughs> that would be dope. But yeah, all on board for that. Yep. Uh, now that we talked about some happy things, mm. there are. Two stories that I wanted to bring up because I would not be doing my geek news job if I did not. The first one. So they're relaunching She-Ra on Netflix coming out in a couple months. And a bunch of people, by a bunch of people, I mean a bunch of white dudes, (laughs) are all up in arms because they say that she looks too androgynous, that she does not look feminine. She looks like a boy. I'm just surprised enough people remembered (laughs) She-Ra. Right? Like, there was a meme that went around. It was like, 1988, She-Ra. Duh, this cartoon sucks. 2018, they ruined She-Ra. Right. It's like, like, do you guys watch the original She-Ra? It sucks. <laughs> like, even <laughs> He-Man. Yeah, the original He-Man even is... Whew. I've been watching it on Netflix because it is there. Oh, man, Johnny. It is It is rough. She-Ra Whoa. is even more rough. Yeah, it's, they've full-on admitted, like, yeah, we wanted uh, He-Man with a... You know, they wanted Barbie with a sword and a right. shield, so we could sell to the twenty percent or whatever of yeah. like He Man's female audience. Yeah, like that's the that was the impetus for that show. That was the mm-hmm. art behind that show. Yep. It, well, okay, fine. They can do whatever they want with Shiro. Like again, nobody cares. cares. Like the, the fact that people, a certain group of people, right, the vocal all, minority, you know, the silent majority, <laughs> whatever, you know, are just all up in arms. Like, really. That's your, about, about Shira. That's the hill you're gonna die on. <laughs> so it just it, white dudes keep losing, uh, and they just, they just keep digging ditches for themselves. Hey uh, man, I'm just saying, Shira can be you know, however, <laughs> whatever you want to do with Shira, fine by me. Yeah, you're not gonna get it. You are you are not gonna get an email from me about Shira for any reason, <laughs> none whatsoever. So just let people enjoy things. Yep, because like we always talk about. That thing that you love, even if it was Shira back in the 80s, guess what? It is still there. Yep. Ghostbusters. Them, them coming out with a new one, they don't delete every iteration that happened before it. They're not ruining anything. So it just, that just bothers me. Uh, so it is a controversy that started, that was just started by just this group for whatever reason. Guess what? The show is still happening. So, oh, no. And it's going to be Shira, so it's probably, I mean, it might be impressive. Who knows? Yeah. Now, granted, when they showed the Thundercats roar footage and I was all upset about that, it was upset because I was like, I just, I really liked the 2011 version that Mm -hmm. they did. Great animation. Ended on a cliffhanger. And then we never got a season two. You see a trend here. Right. 
but this one I was like, okay, it looks kind of dumb. Yeah. But I can well, I can choose to watch it or not. Right. As an adult, like, it, it is looked- not affecting yeah. me at all. <laughs> Ugh. It's weird that they went with like the like, was it the Amazing World of Gumball that kind of aesthetic with it. Yeah, that's about it. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting choice. And then I went on with my life because it's Thundercats, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So just a dumb controversy. Uh, but the big controversy that happened that broke this past weekend: James Gunn, uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and just a solid director, solid person, nice person. A specific group. Mm-hmm targeted him yeah this is where it gets real complicated basically and i'm going to boil this down real simply a far right alt right alt right group targeted him specifically drudged up some old tweets from when he was a burgeoning filmmaker for it, trauma exactly due to his <laughs> criticisms of trump right supposedly yeah, allegedly. Supposedly. so he dug up these old tweets where he made some very off-color jokes and commentary because that was the genre that he was in at the time. He was purposely mm-hmm. making those tweets to get a reaction. Sure. It's the equivalent of like Bob Saget when he does stand up. Right. Which it. is totally different than everything else he does. Yep. So that was like a decade ago. If he has, more, he yeah. has brought that up in interviews before and been like, yeah, you know, I was a different person back then. Blah, blah. Weird. He grew. Yep. And became a different person. Huh. But Ooh. because of this and because of the attention it got, Disney quote-unquote, had to fire him. Almost every member of the cast and people who have worked with him have come back, like, have given them, given him their support. Sort of like, yeah, like, none of, this was all during the age of Twitter. It's like, all of those things were there. They, like, this is not he said, she said in the 90s. Right. Like, yeah, there was documentation that these things were said. He addressed them before, moved on with his life, Became, I will not even say a better person, but just stopped using that brand of humor. Sure. Which can be hurtful, admittedly. Yeah. It can have, be problematic. But it's, it's, there's a certain point where there's an action and there's also uh, kind of expressing, making off color jokes. Mm-hmm. And as a public person, as that comedian, you know, there's a lot. He is not alone in comedians making new <laughs> off color jokes and have been for decades upon decades. Yeah. And even Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah who is a, like a burgeoning filmmaker himself these days and writer, he wrote an open, or like it was on Instagram, but he was sending it to Disney being like, I've revoiced my character from Hercules mm-hmm. for one of your new theme parks. Based on the things that I have said myself in some of my material, I'm asking you to pull my voice. Right. James Woods reprised his voice for that same Hercules thing. James Woods is out there talking brazy. Yeah, it's like, like James just, Woods is not a good company you want to be in at this point. And they're, so it just it is picking and choosing because of a certain group attacking one person, and that person is now and that person being James Gunn, just kind of has to roll with it because yeah. there's nothing that he can do at this point. But Disney, what's well, it's a, it's a like, little <laughs> it's a little bothering that it is since it's such a specific, very politically motivated attack. Mm-hmm. You know, James Gunn wrote those tweets. Yep. He admits they wrote those tweets. Yep. He's report he's said you know in a bunch of interviews even going back to the first guardians when that came out about how he's changed how he's grown as a person mm-hmm. how it was kind of a dark time in his life back then yeah you know it seems very odd in this day and age is it well it doesn't seem odd it just it's it's to to uh have this kind of really targeted yeah. attack and then for the reaction to be that way uh 
it seems it just seems a little unjustified, a little rough, you know. I mean, and, and again, the, the group that targeted him targeted him was the same group that did the whole Pizzagate scandal, which was nothing, right? And which like, almost got people killed or hurt. Yeah. You know? So it, it's it's a very problematic group, kind of po- dredging up these tweets, not because they were offended or because they found mm-hmm. these tweets bothersome. It was solely for the reason to bring down a person. Yep. Bring down a person who disagree that you disagree with. Yeah. And there's a reason Disney does not sell full collections of its animation. Yeah. If you go, like, and they're there. Like, oh, these yeah. are the other things. Like, you can go on YouTube and just Google. Song of the South. Oh, oof. Song of the South. I mean, Dumbo. Yeah. With the, we the talk, crows. I think we talked about that maybe with the trailer. Where yeah. They showed it a little bit of it. And it's like. Are they? Are they gonna, gonna, I kind of <laughs> was waiting for, like, are the crows going to show up? Because the, crows the three up? crows in, in Dumbo, one of them named Jim. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I don't get the reference. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like you are far from innocent no. Disney. <laughs> so if you just Google racist Disney cartoons, mm-hmm. you can find hours of this stuff. And they they do not produce collection. They want to focus on Bugs Bunny, sure. but cut out a bunch of those. Focus on Daffy Duck, but cut out a bunch. Wait, you look at like the the figurehead almost of the franchise of uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, you know, that is a person who has hit a very low low. Yeah, and very had, publicly, like oh yeah. And had come back from that, you know, and that's that's what they've built this whole mm-hmm. universe on. And even within Guardians of the Galaxy, you have Dave Bautista, who, you know, WWE mm-hmm. wrestler, has done some questionable things as a wrestler, you know? I, I know not. I legitimately know nothing oh, sorry, about yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just the Robert Downey Jr. thing, I was he with you. He betrayed Randy Orton, oh, John. He, he betrayed evolution. RKO! RKO out of nowhere! <laughs> um, see, I know a thing. There you go. That's a um, thing. But yeah, it just... it. It just bothers me so much because this is a direct attack on one person and the company. And again, these days, the company had to respond. Sure. But you got to look at the bigger picture, Disney. Like Robert Downey Jr. is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like you can like he (laughs) is so was so problematic before he got clean Mm -hmm. and has been clean for quite a while now. Sure. But he was arrested for cocaine possession, for prostitution, for like. All of these things are public record. James Gunn made some jokes, some yep. very offensive jokes to a lot of groups of people. That That is enough? So, Oh, okay. Hey, look like, through the rest of their cast with uh, Tim Allen, you know? Yeah. In uh, his past. Mm-hmm. Um, Who, again, was, like, legitimately convicted yeah. of crimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and these days, again, Disney is not going into this being like, Oh, who's this young filmmaker, James Gunn? Sure, come on aboard. Right. They have Let's team- never do any research. <laughs> <laughs> they have teams of people doing research on everybody. Like, so it just, it just, yeah, it is, it is offensive that this group has been successful in targeting somebody like this because what is, what is next? Mm-hmm. So, and yet they themselves, there was an article that I read where one of the organizers of this was basically getting mad that he was getting death threats and the people were coming out. They're like, people are being really rude to me and my family on social media. And it was like, huh. Huh, imagine that. Yeah. yeah. For me, the bothersome thing is when you start blurring, when these, when you have James Gunn, who's making these jokes and granted, mm-hmm. if those jokes aren't your taste, that's totally fine. Right. You know, their humor they're, is not universal. Exactly. And they're, they're admittedly very crude jokes. Yes. You know, when you have somebody who's, when the line is blurred between, a, a comedian obviously making jokes mm-hmm. and then people 
and the action and the being punished for the action that right. never happened. And that line gets blurred. It, it, I feel like that weakens the, the, the problem with at people, the physical action of these things of right. like, you know, the, 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 the people that pursue these actions, the people that perform the, you know, that these aren't jokes of yeah. that they're making. Well, and the whole like trial by Twitter jury yeah, trial by social media jury is, is dangerous mm-hmm. these days. So, but yeah, I just wanted to speak on that a little bit. Uh, James Gunn, I know you were listening. Uh, <laughs> as everybody who we mentioned listens. Since you got free time on your hands, you're more than welcome right. to come in. Uh, you have my support for whatever that, that is. Because again, just Disney had to react to this. Mm-hmm. They had, they're in the public eye more than ever before. Everybody is. Yep. But it just, this is ridiculous. Like flat out ridiculous. So, yep. yeah. So, James Gunn, we stand by you. Uh, here's the About to Review podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I know this was a super long episode. Um, I have been getting some feedback that the episodes are running a little bit long. I apologize about that. There has been a lot going on these days. And having to cover, like, five movies at a time uh, has been kind of crazy. But to recap, Equalizer 2, keep equalizing. Uh, <laughs> That's the subtitle. That's definitely the subtitle. Equalizer Boogaloo. <laughs> Breaking 2 still has the best subtitle for a sequel of all time. I wonder why the podcasts are going long, John. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Love it. Anyway, so it got two goods uh, from Jed and I. Mission Impossible also got two goods. Blind Spotting, I gave a good to. One of the best films of the Seattle International Film Festival. It opens wide on Friday. So definitely go check that out. We talked all about the trailers that landed at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. The one that won it for me and Jed. With Godzilla King of Monsters. Like, it, again, I audibly gasped <laughs> watching this trailer. I was freaking out. Uh, I send many memes to the blurs of the Andy Sandberg uh, digital short from one of their songs mm. um, when he gets excited. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. That face. <laughs> yep. I did a lot of those. So, uh, yeah, we talked a lot about the geek news. So thank you guys for for listening to this episode and all of the episodes. You can go back and listen to all of them on the podcast feed, but also abouttoreview.com. You can stream them from there. Uh, You can follow the podcast on social media at About to Review. If you want to support the show, there's a support tab on the website. You can click that. Vote for the uh, podcast on the Renton City Comic Con Geek Awards. Those voting is still open. I will be announcing something else. I know I keep teasing it, but I'm waiting for some more details about it. But I will be announcing a different thing coming up. As for upcoming projects for the About to Review podcast, this Friday, an interview with Carlos Lopez Estrada, the director of Blind Spotting, that I did at Seattle International Film Festival. So that will be on YouTube as well as the podcast feed. So that about wraps up this supersized uh, annual edition, which is what they would do in the comics. <laughs> uh, so joining me on this adventure has been that guy named what? <laughs> Jet. Every still, time, every time. I know. I'm still trying to figure out if we can uh, figure out a different one or figure out a way to shorten. But yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> that has been Jed, and I have been your host, as always, that guy named John. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.